Now going back to Rockstar, are we? Are we rock stars? Are we? Yes. <laughs> if, if you have to ask, the answers always no. <laughs> we have, I was gonna say I was like, <laughs> I've had a couple. I've had a couple high school friends or just friends come out of the woodworks. It's not like maybe this has happened two or three times. And Tyler was telling me t- he's had a couple too. <laughs> Someone will be like, "Are you?" Hey, I was just like online and and I was, are you famous now? (laughs) It's like, like, we're always laughing. If if you have to ask, the answer is no, always no. If if I'm famous, then you're going to be able to tell yourself that he's famous. (laughs) Do, Do you feel, do you feel, I mean, you guys had a big week. Do we feel famous? Rashad and this is Wear Many Hats presented by Desire where we talk about your main gig then we talk about your side hustle. Max Rayner is in the band Wilderado. I discovered Wilderado through playlists of playlists of playlists that got me to them. I'm not sure why I have this thing for indie bands that are from Tulsa but I've never been. No Silverado. Please welcome Max Rayner of Wilderado. How's it going? Good. How are you? Pretty good. You've got to be curious what, what Tulsa bands you're listening to. I'm actually not listening to any Tulsa bands. I was like, wait, hold up. Any Tulsa bands out there? <laughs> yeah, dude, there's some killer bands. Let's drop some. Uh, sports. I just mentioned sports the other day. That's kind of hilarious. Sports is epic. Broncho is epic. There's a band right now from a buddy of mine from high school called Cliff Diver. That's worth checking out. That's amazing. Yeah. There's cool stuff here. Jacob Tovar's killer c- country music, like real Hank Williams style, just back to the roots country music in Tulsa as well. Pilgrim, a guy named Bo. Yeah, it's epic. It is epic. And speaking of country music, you know, country is killing it right now. Is it? I mean, I don't care what anyone says about if they still are saying today that country music is not their thing. It's... I'm going to say this right now. It is my thing. Is I'm going to say country music. <laughs> country music is your thing too? Uh, I, I'm not sure what my thing is. I, I, there's country music that I really like. It's country music that I uh, don't get at the same time. <laughs> but um, I'm sure there's people that feel that way about our music. So music's a, a sensitive thing for me to critique just because – I, I do so much of that just towards myself that I, I try to think pretty just unattached to everything else. I just think there's something for everybody. There really is. Country is just so, it's like they got that twang, but you know, if they didn't have the accent, it's basically pop music. Isn't it interesting? We just played, uh, we just played a festival in Tampa this weekend and there was a guy there 
that was a big country act and he was like the whole show he kind of danced around and and wore of i mean he basically was dressed like justin bieber and kind of <laughs> had like a justin bieber style of performance and he could he was an incredible singer but it was it was just kind of wild to see like what what is this and i guess it's just kind of what they want it to be but right. or what the label wants it to be who knows but someone's hitting something because it's crazy the fans and the money and the tour sizes it's just out of this world definitely the money the money rules yeah <laughs> how i got into country growing up so i don't listen to like country but why I appreciate country is because growing up, my mom used to play country music on the radio all the time in our minivan. And it just like fed me all this like radio country that I didn't mind at all. And then it just started like, I also play guitar as well. And when people ask me like, yo, how do you play guitar? Like, I can't even see you playing guitar. You play the acoustic guitar. You love playing the acoustic guitar. How does it? Where do you send it back to? I'm like, country. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have the appearance of a country listener. Well, that I think that's one thing that rules is I love that somebody, I love that it's like such a great platform to smash stereotypes because just anybody's into a good song or anybody's into a song that they somehow connect to. So mm. like lots of different walks and cultures are, are able to get into country music, especially like old time country. I mean, yeah, you just put on put on Hank Williams' greatest hits, of course, or just roll his Spotify, some of those other guys, and it's just like man, song after song after song. Dwight Yoakam, that era was awesome. Mm. I don't know that era. <laughs> but... So what 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 kind of throw out an artist? I guess that maybe you would come to mind when you think of playing your acoustic guitar. Honestly, lately I've just been. I've just been in this whole Bob Dylan kick. Okay. So I'm not I'm not going country at all. I'm I'm in this like weird Americana oh, right. phase that I'm going through. So it's a lot of Bob Dylan, Jacob Dylan, Wallflowers type of situation. I'm just like moving from like country to like nineties era bands cool. americana but it just sways it sways i just listened to jacob dylan's show with joe rogan have you heard that have you heard him on rogan no he's he was on rogan <laughs> yeah it was, i think it was last month but it's cool you should check it out we're gonna plug Jacob Dylan and Rogan, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think anybody needs to plug that. It's pretty well plugged. <laughs> what was the country festival that you? So you, country festivals have been hitting you guys up too. Well, I'm not sure if they would say it was a country festival. There were two country acts headlined, uh -huh. um, and then it was a band from Nashville called Judah and the Lion and Us. Mm -hmm. It was it was a barbecue festival. I've been hearing a lot about that. It's called Pig Jig in Tampa, and it was pretty sick. I mean, it's like, I mean, they had like a medieval style village of tents where it was like smokers and pits and open flames. I mean, just 
all the way down the road. Honestly, seemed kind of wild, but everyone's smoking brisket, cooking ribs, chickens. It was pretty incredible. And then they have a winner. They judge it all. And I, I guess it all goes to, they're all proceeds. Every, every, everything goes towards some, can't remember where exactly it goes, but some health issue. Uh, I guess a buddy had a friend that got sick and they started the festival to support him. But now it's like they had their 10th year and signed some pretty large bills like Darius Rucker headlined, which can't be cheap. No, definitely not. I hear he's been the hot commodity of all these country festivals. Yeah, I guess so. I'm guessing this is not a place for vegans either. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't a vegan fest. <laughs> I'm sure they were allowed to come, but I don't think they would have been super excited. But Tampa, and you saying that the festival was putting on for health, which I think is, you know, pretty hilarious about Tampa. I've been to like everywhere <laughs> in Florida except for Miami, and Tampa is one of, in my opinion, is one of the worst cities in America. <laughs> Really? Well, I mean, I'm sure you've got reasons to feel that way. I'm kind of, I kind of just dig the overall vibe in Florida personally. I, it's like, like a kooky, uncool, almost country West, like California. You know what I mean? It's like the right. West Coast has such this polished thing, and Florida's like, we're just on vacation. <laughs> Everybody, every tw- every day. Yeah, Every which, I can, which I can be be very into. Where are you guys based now? Tulsa, Oklahoma. Oh, still? Yeah. Yeah, everyone gets that confused because we came from here and then did like four or five years in L.A. and band started in L.A. And then we moved back to Tulsa in like 2018. But Tyler, the guitar player in the band, he and his wife and little girl still live in L.A. Yeah, but the band operates here at Tulsa. Nice. But you guys met in California? We met in Texas at school. Oh, okay, cool. And then Justin Keela, the drummer, he he was just an old acquaintance of mine from here in the Tulsa area. And he came out to L.A. And So Tyler and Justin met in L.A., kind of a smorgasbord of Texas and Oklahoma and with mm-hmm. this Los Angeles. So you guys don't want to stay far from the Los Angeles scene and may mostly be Tulsa completely. Less so want to stay away from the Los Angeles <laughs> scene and more so just like are in Tulsa. This is where our, it's our town. And, uh, you know, Tyler's been supportive and cool and he's kind of allowed himself to adopt the city in a way. And I think, I think Will Dorado just identifies with Tulsa and, right. Uh, that's where that's where I wanted to to dig the band into. I don't have anything against LA. LA uh, was so so good to us. I mean, some of the best friends I've ever had in my life there. We set a whole team up there. It's still there. Uh, our labels and above San Francisco, but yeah, just every time we go back to LA, it has such a special feeling. It was just it was more family stuff, more just about identifying with Tulsa, this part of the world, these people, and and. Um, I just wanted I wanted the band to be known as a Tulsa band, which is the greatest thing, honestly. Not to be like, you know, for me the podcast is based in New York, but I'm from cool. Philly. But we 
we have our roots in Philly and we have a lot of guests from Philly, but I totally see where you want to be like, oh yeah. I think the interview that you did was you were in Texas and Tulsa was 10 years like behind Texas. Maybe talking about Austin, you think? Yeah, 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 yeah. Is that yeah, still I, the case? I don't know. I think I think population-wise, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Tulsa's kind of holistically figured out where it wants to go. I think something like I think when when people from Austin come to Tulsa, they identify with the art culture here mm-hmm. and some of the liberal culture here and the downtown here and the music scene. And, and they see kind of it's reminiscent of Austin before Austin kind of got hit with its tech boom. Right. Um, I'm not sure if Tulsa will ever get hit with the tech boom or if they, you know, like if some massive Amazon esque company were to come here, I think that could put us on a little bit of that trajectory, but they're much more different than I think is kind of surface level compared. But I, I do think you can make that comparison just in population size and, and how much emphasis the town puts on its art history and its art culture and, and supporting some quirkiness. Right. I've never been to Tulsa, but if you said that was like 10 years behind like Texas, well, back then, which was like in 2019, it's probably caught up by now. It's hard to say. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't even really know. I mean, I guess I was going to Austin a lot uh, ten years ago. What would that be? In 2011. I was was right when I graduated college. So we were we were popping down to Austin quite a bit, and it still felt bigger then than I feel Tulsa is now. But I don't know. It's an interesting, that's it. It's kind of an interesting comparison because I think the more you break it down, the more intricate it gets. But I think like the 10,000 foot view of it is just both music cities. Right. And, and Tulsa's like been able to maintain this smaller population. Uh, but we'll see what happens, man. People, as people are just fleeing the coast, <laughs> let's see what happens. Right in. Yeah, they're coming right in. Midwest. Yeah, you got to come check it out, though. It's such a cool, especially like if you there's just so much information too. if you were to come to Tulsa and just do it right and spend some time and hit a couple of cool restaurants and and allow yourself to immerse in some of the rad local music bars and, you know, see see some of the museums. It's just pretty amazing. Some some of the stuff that's here. Yeah. And I bet like. I mean, the last time I ever been to something that's sort of like Tulsa and that's all about the music scene was New Orleans. And I was there for the first time and everybody loves the music scene in New Orleans and eating all up the po' boys, but you couldn't even get a vegetable. Like they (laughs) they didn't believe in fitness or anything like that. And they were like, I used to be a runner. And so I ran every day and they're like, how do you do it? And I'm like, do what? Run. You buy doing it. Yeah. And I was like, you can do it. I think yeah, I think you could do it. <laughs> <laughs> you just have to do it. That's the hard part. Yeah, it's I, I I just New Orleans is is that New Orleans, I think of any place, maybe maybe New York, I guess, could 
I don't know. I'm gonna get my trouble. I'm gonna get in trouble picking cities, but New Orleans <laughs> has had such a vibe. It's I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if every time I'm into it, but like it is so it is so like like spooky cool. And I don't I don't know where else is spooky cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> no, like, for sure. You roll in and, and there's just this energy there that can be really palpable and rad. And I, and I don't know of another town that just has that thick of an, of its own energy. No, I, I couldn't tell you. Not at all. The energy in New Orleans, everyone feels like they're on the same page. They only just want to get wasted. Yeah, and then, but I mean, even if you get out of that area, the, the French Quarter and in, in like these neighborhoods where it starts getting smaller and it's like something about like kind of the inebriation goes away and, but it retains this like overall just vibe. I don't know, it's just this energy peels all throughout, winds all throughout every street there. And it's, I love it. I love kind of discomfort almost that I'm in every time I'm there. Does Tulsa have something similar? See, that's why I guess why I was going with this is I wouldn't say it does. I don't think there's, I mean, you can go, you can go 10 minutes any direction in Tulsa and be in the most cookie cutter, uh, you know, I mean, it's just like anywhere else in, in the, in the States. Uh, but I, I do think there's kind of this centrist, this, this central downtown thing in Tulsa where downtown kind of bleeds out into a couple miles and uh just it does have a vibe so for someone that's going into tulsa for the first time what would you recommend well i'd have to know the person um i think if it was like you're into the same stuff that max is into <laughs> uh, I, I would say go and on the any night of the week um Thursday through Sunday, I mean, really any night of the week, go to Colony. It's an old bar that Leon Russell started. Um, they play live music every night. It's small. And the people that play in there rip. It's just a, such a cool vibe in there. Uh, catch a show at Mercury Lounge, just another place with really epic, great local music. And then there's, there's just cool food. I mean, it's it's not like blow your socks off food, but it, it has <laughs> You know, it's got its own thing. In Tulsa, that bar that you just mentioned, have you played in there? The Colony? Yeah. I have played there. Will Dorado hasn't played there. Um, we were going to try to do a release show at the Mer at Mercury because mm -hmm. we've all just kind of been hanging out there when the guys come in town to rehearse. Uh and it's, so everyone kind of, even the guys that aren't in Tulsa, had kind of adopted that bar. But kind of we, we kind of just it fell through. We had a scheduling conflict on the, a couple open dates. But no, we don't. Um, we haven't really played much in Tulsa, which I, I kind of have mixed feelings about. And we we do when we tour. We play the Vanguard a couple times, several mm -hmm. times, which is a little club here. But usually when we're home. It's kind of like, let's be home. And that's when I want to write and work and and, and not thinking so much about putting on a show. Which makes but perfect sense. I would love, and I, I think it also changes a little bit if, if Tyler were here, 
and we could just kind of do that, but it's more of like we have to schedule something and fly him in, or we've been playing with some Austin dudes uh, from a band called Duncan Fellows, which also totally rules. Um, but yeah, I think if everyone's just like here sitting around working all the time, I bet we would play more, but it's more of, there's a little bit of logistics to it that make it a little less fun. Oh, of course. And that bar that you just mentioned, I thought that was the bar where when I, I saw this video of you guys at the bar finding out that your album was out on Spotify. That was at uh, another great place called Fassler Hall. In Tulsa. Yeah, that was in Tulsa. Amazing. Yeah, that was that was a cool. That was actually it was like an unplanned cool moment. You know what I mean? Tyler came in town and we've we've been finishing up a a little like documentary story about making this record and the guy who's doing that is named Niles Duran. He was in town because he needed to get a couple more things before he was able to to finish editing it. And so we thought it'd be rad to kind of spend the release week together and have all our families together and all that. So we we went out and record popped on and they played it in the bar. It was cool. It was a good night. What did you just say? Oh, the record popped on. Oh, oh, okay. Sorry, yeah. No one got wrecked. We didn't wreck any cars or we all made home safe. <laughs> I also thought that was like another Tulsa saying. Yeah, we just wrecked. No, <laughs> it, was, it was just the record. <laughs> Very, I think, I'm not sure if I have any sayings. I'm sure I do. Who knows? But that's not what I said. Were you all drinking Budweiser's? Um, I wish. I, that's honestly kind of my, uh, I've fallen stat. A Bud Red or a Bud Heavy, just straight Budweiser. For some reason, I've like kind of re-fallen in love with that style of beer. Then uh-huh. just Coors Lights. Like I went through the there's great breweries here, and I think coming out of LA and coming back to town and making some friends, um, I've been I kind of went to a long spell of having really nice beers, right? And uh, for some reason i've just like the last couple of months have just fallen back in love with like the thirst quenching life changing aspect of a coors light cuz you know I mean? oh of course cuz it's crisp and honestly you come home open up your fridge and that's all you see all the blues <laughs> Or the fridge like I, <laughs> I i don't know what it is the difference between like I mean, there's there's beers where you you drink, I guess, like wine or a whiskey, and it's like, dang, like you're right. I can taste tons of different shit in this. This is this is really impressive and and delicious. But I don't know if there's another style of beer, un- unlike just your old time lagers, that like actually quench your thirst. Right. You know what I mean? And like you could be no mowing or yeah. yeah. Yeah, just you're actually thirsty for some like fake hydration <laughs> and Coors Light, God dang, just knocks it home. I'm guessing you're not an IPA guy. No, I love them. I mean, an IPA with the cheeseburger rules, but um, so good. not as much as a Coors Light does. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I, I like some IPAs. Do you drink water? I do drink water. I'm actually pretty good at drinking water. Uh, believe it or not, I've got like a, I kind of got into like, I actually lost it. And I'm 
doing an actual solo cut, but I lost it or left it at my dad's yesterday. But I've been carrying this like canteen that actually just a straw like pops up right at the top. And it's just been like, I can just crush water all day with that thing. I don't know what it is about having to put a lid back on or constantly filling up the cup, but right. carry this thing like around like a purse, dude. And it's That's really, it really up my hydration game. Do you, are you still I, kind of on a good taking care of yourself kick? That's all I've been doing right now. I've been, so I just got back from LA, but I go to LA a lot actually. And I am now really falling into this whole wellness pit situation. So I'm doing this whole like gluten-free, dairy-free, only like drinking water, drinking teas, no caffeine. Whoa. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Oh, I haven't been like as much of drinking that we've been talking right now. I haven't drank in past like three months. I've been going like so sober. Has that ruled? It's been it's been ruling. It's been did you did you watch your body fat go away real fast? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the crazy aspect of it is just cutting out drinks like that just seems to be such a quick fix on losing a little chub. <laughs> I mean, in the pain, I was getting chub. I was like, which nothing wrong with getting chub, you know, what nothing I'm saying? Wrong. All, nothing all, wrong. all about supporting that. I mean, if you're healthy, but it really is crazy. It's like our bodies seem to just disappear their weight when we stop drinking sugar and stop drinking alcohol. Right. It's kind of unbelievable how the body works. And I have to say, just real quick. I did not think this is what we were going to be talking about. <laughs> no, this is what we're going to be talking about. Yeah. We're talking about straight up wellness drinking. It. It's just so crazy. Like, yeah, no drugs. I've like cut off drugs. I've cut off drinking. I'm just like in like the best shape possible right now, but I'm trying to like, I'm trying to break though. I'm trying to break that edge though. I'm trying to figure out when though, when that'll happen. How old are you? I'm 30. Okay, rad. Yeah, there is like this interesting thing that happens where you start realizing how much you drink or how much you, whatever it is you're doing, and, and you kind of connect to the fact that like you basically, if you do it your best, you get three 30s, right? Like right. first 30, then you're 60, and then be sick to make it to 90. <laughs> uh, love. I mean, who knows with today's <laughs> technology, but but uh it is kind of strange like connecting to the fact that like okay so if i don't stop or get some things together now you're, i'm supposed to be convinced it's going to be easier for me to do 10 years from now or another 10 years from now it just seems like it only gets harder and harder and harder and harder to get into some sort of diligent lifestyle of taking care of yourself oh definitely i'm waiting for that day that i'm gonna crack and relapse in some sort of way i'm not doing this because i have an addiction i just thought one day i was like you know what? i'm gonna go do this thing that's cool and maybe i mean maybe you that's the cycle and then you go and you know you do whatever you want for a little bit and you come back to to this who knows who knows i mean when you're when you're on tour do you guys drink every night mm, i not it's like uh probably maybe have a beer every night but we don't no one's really partying on tour i think there's random like 
days off we'll where we'll get more into it but it's just uh everybody kind of has an understanding that tomorrow is just too hard if if you don't feel good i mean not being hung over really isn't an option <laughs> you know what i'm saying for um, for us we're not no one's no one's like a re really living that rock star lifestyle on tour because we're driving ourselves too. We're driving ourselves. We're getting up and doing everything. We're loading in and out, and it's not like it's not like you're sleeping until six thirty, and then you go and you know slay it. It's like we're up all day and working. So no one's really partying. But but I mean, it's hard to be getting done playing and having a cold beer or a, you know something on a rock. It's not. Yeah, I don't think anyone's afraid to do that. It feels great. It's relaxing. But no one's no one's throwing back tequila shots before, during, and after the show. No, not at all. Now going back to rock star. Are we Are we rock stars? Are we yes. <laughs> if, if you have to ask, the answer's always no. <laughs> we have I was gonna say, I was like <laughs> I've had a couple. I've had a couple high school friends or just friends come out of the woodworks. It's not like maybe this has happened two or three times. And Tyler was telling me he's had a couple <laughs> too. Someone will be like, "Are you? Hey, I was just like online, and and I was. Are you famous now? <laughs> it's like we're always laughing. If if you have to ask, the answer is no. Always no. If, if I'm famous, then you're gonna be able to tell yourself that he's famous. <laughs> do, do you feel do you feel i mean you guys had a big week do we feel famous <laughs> no i just can't tell you how unfamous we feel i i mean i think there is i a i guess i don't know what that would feel like i always right. think like i mean leonardo <laughs> was here filming a movie and they made Still be if, if that guy were to go into into Whole Foods or research <laughs> or popping in the gas station, everybody's gonna know who he, he can't go anywhere. No, uh, and that is not the case for Will Dorado boys. <laughs> but I mean, every once in a while, you'll be at having a drink, and someone will say, "Hey, hey man, I dig your band." And but that doesn't feel like being famous. That just feels like that feels just feels cool. It feels good. I mean, it just feels like oh, it's working. We're we're making music, and we're you know, trying to sell it, and we're trying to go put on shows, and people sometimes are listening to it, and right. they know it, and they know us, and appreciate us for making it. And especially when someone comes up and says, "Thank you," like when someone thanks me for making a song, I think that's that's a great feeling. Not not because I need to be thanked, but it's it's just like to see somebody appreciated enough that like it's in their life, and they want to let you know they're grateful for it. It's a pretty cool, special thing. When you guys drop this new album, it feels like a lot of your fans have been connecting and hopefully posting selfies with your lyrics on them. <laughs> yeah, getting tons of lyric tats. <laughs> Has that no. happened yet? Lyric tattoos. Yeah, there's been a couple of those, which is cool. Go freaking go for it, mom, dude. You know what I mean? That's it, it that, but no, I haven't seen a whole lot of, of uh, lyric tasks from this record. It does seem like people are, are digging it. It's, it's always hard to tell. I mean, it's kind of, I guess the way we relate it usually, it's just like the release is like kind of a birthday party. And then the mm -hmm. very next day, you're just that age now. Like that, the record's out, it's back, it's back to work. We got, 
mean, I'm, I'm spending all my time on the on this next record. I'm, I've, you know, I've been. That's all I've been doing the last six months and learning this in rehearsing the record that just came. So it is weird. It's cool knowing that people are getting to listen to it now. So many songs. I mean, I think half the songs were brand new to people, and so it's been cool reading people dig it. It's fun to hear songs that they like. I love the. We listen to the whole record. Comment is always such a touchdown feeling, but yeah, it's cool, dude. I mean, yeah, congrats on the new self-titled album. That means you're one years old. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> why do uh, why do people you know make self-titled albums? Is it because they don't know what to call it, or is it like a debut album? Probably at the end of the day, there's. For, I mean, for us, it would be a lie that there wasn't somewhat of a didn't know what to call it. But I think we just think that that's cool. I, I think it's always cool to like go through a discography, and sometimes it's confusing, like which one was the first one. And I always feel like when I see a band that self-titles, it's like, well, that that was their introduction. That's how they wanted to introduce themselves, and I, I guess that's odd to say with as much music as we have out. But I but I kind of approached the title is like 15 years from now 20 years from now i think it being self-titled will be will last longer than whatever name we try to come up with and coming up with the title's hard is because it's like i mean it's like man the hardest thing about the band so far i guess finding a name for it it's i mean that naming things is just such a trip it's hard to do it's hard not to read into it it's hard not to it's hard to continue to like it right right wilderado at, at first i thought it was wilderado i was like thank god <laughs> that it isn't no that i found out that it was wilderado uh, i've just been calling it wilderado the whole time i was like yo this shit's wild yeah it uh i just man i think the word's cool we just saw it on a sign and um we changed the letter, but it was, you know, you do a, you do a quick Google search and it's like, dang, nothing exists under this. And we could totally encapsulate a word or we could have a word totally encapsulate us. And I think it was kind of a score because we didn't know what to do. And we, were, we really were kind of in the throes of figuring out a band name. And we're probably at a very high risk choosing a terrible one. I mean, especially because like, Back then, who knows what we were all into? I mean, all the dudes were wearing Stetson hats everywhere and skinny jeans and boots. And, like, everybody's, like, thing changes so often that I would hate to have a band name that I hated. I mean, that would be such a bummer. But Will Dorado's always just felt so, I don't know, so easy to to look at. I, I like the word even stylistically. It's great. The whole aspect of it. And you guys started in... 2015 like you guys started a couple years back right yeah i think that's when we made the first collection of songs and then we're dreaming it up and talking about it and you know sharing those songs for at least i mean a year before recording them so maybe longer than that so it's been in the works for a long time i always think kind of like i met my wife in 2003 12 or 13 and I, I think that I always kind of associate those two things starting at the same time so I was just in LA and uh, these songs were coming about so yeah it's been a while are most of the songs about her 
Um, some of them are very specifically about her. And then, I mean, she's, it's hard to kind of separate myself from her. So I, I think a lot of, a lot of it is just kind of, she's probably throughout some subconsciously, but yeah, man, there, she's had such an impact on me and, and especially just kind of my music taste and journey when when i met her she was introducing me to so many bands i never heard before and it really did i'm not so sure i would let her know this but it really did impact like stylistically what what the band became just because i I don't think i would have been as open to or known how cool just kind of being open to different stuff can be definitely and i'm i believe you have kids as well yeah would yeah, you ever I mean, write songs about your kids? Yeah, there's a we've got a tune from um, an EP called Singles, and, and one's just called Millie, and that's all about my five year old or having her, and uh, and I you know I've never really been I've been trying to write a song for my second one for a long time, but I I think I kind of come to an understanding that I'm not very good at just like writing songs about something I want to write a song about. It's more more just something happens and it either all comes out and works or there's a part of it that works and I'm better at finagling kind of the, it, it to the end than I am like alright Milo what do I love about Milo <laughs> you know, like god dang I don't even know where I can never even begin to do that because then it's always like I can't set out to write a song that's gonna, I mean, it's, it'll just never add up. It'll never justify it, I guess, is how I feel. Either that or I just simply can't do it. But also, it's, your son's probably like a newborn. You probably don't have a checklist of what he's into yet. But two, I mean, one's five and one's two, and the two-year-old Milo, she's like, she's a little, she's a little bulldog now, and she's a, she's a real thing, and she, get stuff and she's got incredible language and perception and I mean I think I could sit here and really describe her to you but I don't think I could like put it to to song just from sheer want to but I'm always open to it I'm always I'd be lying if I say I don't always kind of try it just hasn't really hasn't really worked out yet poor Milo right but maybe she's like (laughs) Shoof, I lucked out on this one. I'm glad I'm glad there's not some song for the whole world to listen to called Milo. Like there's more Millie. <laughs> oh man. Did you always want to be a musician? Like what else could you be? Oh man, that is such a scary question. So I have no idea what else I could be. I think uh my sometimes I wonder what I you know am right now. I don't I don't know, I don't know if there was ever a point where I was like, I'm going in on on music because that's always been my dream. It was it's more like something that was just always there. Uh, I mean I can remember I can remember being a little kid and like pretending to be bands. You know what I mean? Playing out with my sister and like little kids pretending to do that. But no one ever like put it to paper uh or i never did it was just kind of a series of open doors i guess and i either was in tune to it or accidentally stepped through it and here we am now here we are now and even now i'm just like 
I think this is what I think about and I listen for uh, and I love and and I am, but I'm really open to that changing. You know what I mean? And I'm, I'm open to this record doing nothing and this tour not selling out and, and kind of coming back and having real conversations about should we keep doing it? Can we afford to keep doing it? But maybe the record doesn't do that. I just, I try so hard to be, have, kind of have an open hand on it just because it's a, such a thing to be, can really become a prisoner to, mm-hmm. I think. The music changes and the, the relationships change and everything goes sour, I think, if, if you are squeezing it too hard. We're just on, dude. It's it's just. A, I mean, we we just can never believe it. I mean, and, and we've got bands that are or friends that are in such bigger bands than us, but but still, we can't believe just what what Will Dorado's doing because it always is just such a trip. I mean, so many people write songs and work harder than we do, but I think we're just totally. We found ourselves here, and we're dedicated and, and working our asses off to to make it work here and now just because it, it is what's going on right now it really is what is the new record out on it's a label called bright antenna they're in mill valley you know that little town it's rad town it's uh, just across the bay north of san francisco it has been such a sweet relationship with those guys and personally and then just kind of their vision and support of our music is is so awesome they're really are just here to help us make what we want to make and we waited and waited for a label like that and Mm -hmm. found one so very grateful for them any major labels like approach you guys after this record dropped no uh i'm not sure even how that works We're, we're with we're with the management company that we've been with all along and mm. sometimes i wonder like does that happen and they are just like we're not doing that and don't mention it to <laughs> us so it's probably a more likely story of just no no massive labels are reaching out but at the same time it's like i mean everything's labeled bright antenna and it's all under bright antenna direct license and or exclusive license and so i'm not sure if like you know roadrunner or, or a massive label would come and be like hey let's make your next one Right. I'm not sure how that all works. Like, what's huh. the, what's the, what's kosher in that world? <laughs> you never know. The new record it sounds, it's so phenomenal. I love it so much. And when uh, when you guys dropped it, do do you guys get a lot of comparisons? I mean, you know, you guys sound like you know Kings of Leon, Black Keys, War on Drugs. Like, I'm on this like Americana tip. So, what else do you guys get? Kings of Leon comes up a lot, <laughs> um, which, you know, they're, they're one of my favorite bands. I think my only discrepancy with that would just be uh, feeling like, you know, being worried we're copying them just because right. we like their music so much. But, you know, that's a that's a dangerous and silly road to go down uh, just because Will Dorado so nothing like kings of leon but I, yeah. I get the same universe so no one could be kings of leon i'll be a fan of kings of leon for forever no matter what they say or do or write i just think that band is so cool and caleb's voice is such a special thing and god the bass player rules so they're just rock uh we get some random ones like um we got 
compared to Travis last night. I'm not really even sure I've listened <laughs> to much Travis. Uh, but I don't know. I think I think it's you know kind of fun, kind of like halfway. I don't, I don't really care because everyone, you know, it's all so objective. But I mean, the thing I that I try to do and curate is just us riding however we want, and I want. I want to have as many open avenues to go whatever direction we, we feel like going next, which I think we're doing a good job of. There's, there's just such a large spectrum to this record, in my opinion, and the songwriting feels that way. So I think it's really allowed us to approach LP2 how, however which way we want. I hope that you guys, you know, you guys put like, three solid albums of the same not the same thing but in the same universe i just hope you guys don't go like edm after or some type of like <laughs> you know how bands just like <clears throat> start to lose their shit and then i mean i'll tell you what i'll, I'll i can put that to rest because I'll, <laughs> I'll i'll drop this being quicker than you can ever believe i mean it, it is so interesting how why is that the that it's just no matter where it starts, it always gravitates towards <laughs> dance that music. Sort of world. Dance music, yeah. That's not happening. I mean, I'm, I'm over here like, let's put out one more record, call this thing quits, and then we'll be, you know, we can look back and tip our hat to it for the rest of our lives. I mean, I don't think that'll happen, but I think if it's ever like, man, we're on into these songs we're working on right now, uh, then we're gonna put it to bed really fast. Right, right. But these new songs, you know, like one of my favorites, Mr. Major. I'm sure you guys get that a lot. Like the melody and the chorus, like the hook, it's just Mr. Major is so good. I mean, in Tied Up, you can hear your southern, it just sounds like a southern twang ad. It's cool. so good. Thanks, um, man. The worst of it, you guys just put out a music video. Which is dope, huh? I, I gotta say, we are so uncomfortable doing that just because none of us are. I mean, Justin's kind of a hot guy, the drummer, but like we're we're like we're 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 all so uncomfortable on camera, man. And but we just thought like, man, that tune is such a vibe, and, and there's this dude in in Norman, Oklahoma, named Jared Evans who is has such a cool aesthetic going uh, with his video stuff and. We've watched him make a couple stuff and have always wanted him to do something. And, mm -hmm. and we thought it's the tune that I think Jared could knock out of the park. And he did. The thing that is so, will forever be so underappreciated uh, in terms of that video is just what went down in that studio that day. I mean, it was, I think of everything I've, I've been, got to be a part of it that, that day and watching Jared work uh, and Brandon Waddell was, what, what's it called? The DP or whatever. I'm not sick with the terminology but he was running camera and but they were running so many different things i mean it was going it was all going straight to real vhs and on the tape and then he was burning it with this old uh, burner and it would, could change all the colors and like had two scenes set up where we were projected over here but the performance was over here i mean go back and rewatch it and really pay attention to the stuff that's being projected behind the main focus. Right. And it is so vibey. I mean, the, the coloring and, and the whole room was like that all day. It was like, I was in, I was like in outer space or something. It was so fun. Well, when I watched that video and I was watching your 
the last video you guys made of Surefire, which that was being set in a diner and one of your bandmates was pouring like a bunch of Cholula hot sauce on his eggs. And that was like very like vintagey. The worst of it music video was very, it looked and felt like very major label, like in a good way, in a good way. It yeah. just felt like, oh shit. Felt more pro. It was more pro. I mean, I'm not going to say that the director was more or less pro. That that was a fun time making Surefire. But Surefire was like, Surefire was like the label and, and management was like, we have to make a video. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but you guys have to just make a video because this is the tune right now. This one's people are connecting. It's streaming. We need a video for it. And, mm. and so we kind of just reluctantly were like, I don't know. I think we we're trying a little, little bit to be too cool for school and not try too hard to mess something up. I, I've always, I've been, I have a fear of music videos just cause I think it's such a mess. There's so much room for error. Mm -hmm. Like I think I've always been stubborn about the fact that like we made the song, we play the show. Like I'm not, I'm not a film director. I, and that stuff costs so much money. Right. And it's just such a hard argument for me to be like, well, why can't we just never have music videos and just not spend that money, spend it somewhere else? You want to hear the tunes come, but but I'm all, I always lose that argument, and I think I think for good reason. But Surefire, we just kind of pulled together and we're like, let's have it be a one take, let's not be in it at all. Let's you know we can do a cameo, so we're in it. But but uh, this year and this pandemic has really kind of forced us to be more understanding the fact like hey you gotta you can't just sit back and have people come up with your content like that 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 quickly becomes pretty weak and and diluted and and you'll lose your brand and, and so we kind of came together and started realizing like we gotta we gotta come up with some stuff that's more than just video i'm sorry or more than just songs in the show like that's what this industry requires. That's how it's being consumed. Uh, you've got to hit as many avenues as you can because they all lead back to the band. They mm -hmm. all lead to ticket sales. They all lead back to streams. They all lead back to revenue. And either you're going to make it or someone else is going to make it. So we've been spending more time just thinking, well, how do we find directors and how can we keep stuff in Tulsa and how can we come up and produce stuff on our own? Like, that takes some time video we did here at our studio and Jared shot that as well. But like, you know, we're, we're just kind of finally for the first time ever scheming up our own content and it's mm -hmm. been cool. It's been fun. Cause it's just an, it's just another exercise that I think I was too scared to do, but now I'm realizing like, eh, it just doesn't matter what people think. Just make something cool, figure out a way to, to spread, spread it out a little bit. Right, exactly. And, and well, hats off to you and everything that you and Wilderada does for some more many hats to start solutions. I think that your music would be perfect in a Bud Light ad. Sick, dude. Can you imagine? That's what, I think that's one thing I really am. I mean, wanting to jump into is like, when's, when's the rad film sync? When's the rad commercial sync? When's what, what is, what are those? how do you break into that sort of stuff? Just cause that is like of everything song on the radio. I mean, 
we have a song that just went to the top 40 for the first time, like real actual alt charts, head right is in the top 40s. It's really tight. Yeah, but but like nothing really hits as many. What is what is the expression? I mean, just kind of as many uh, check marks at the same time as a big sink because it's just big payday usually. And then and everybody, it's just like the big version of a radio song. I mean, it's just so much massive exposure. Like uh, Fox Sports has been playing head right on their big noon program, like their big games. There's like always a noon game that Fox Sports does. And they've played it on a couple of their NFL NFL uh, broadcasts. And that's always – that that's to me, has been the biggest like, dang. Like, holy smokes. You know, hearing it on the radio is, is really cool, too. But there's something about, like, dude, I was literally went put my two-year-old down for a nap. My wife was doing a wedding. And I just moseyed downstairs. It was Saturday. Sat on the couch and was watching the Sooners, Oklahoma, play Nebraska. And as soon as I sat down, just, boom, head right came on, right out of the commercial break. And it was just like, what on earth? I was in the bathroom the next weekend and, and heard it come on in the living room. Again. Yo, like, that must be the best feeling right now. Dude, it is so cool. that Because that has like, there's something about like just watching college football your whole life. And I mean, I, I understand the radio thing really is dope. But for some reason, just being on being on sports is like, whoa, you're on a sports game. <laughs> it's pretty cool. It's so sick. That. That is definitely the way to go. And honestly, the whole record is perfect for TV. That's right. I, I mean, I don't know how to say yes or no. I mean, I, I think I think the reason it can be, and, and I hope it is, is just the, the songs seem to just fit thematically and, and lots of stuff that I've seen. And, and there's been some, you know, a couple of Netflix shows that have played some songs. Uh but it'd be dope. I mean, I, I think like I would really feel a, a high sense of accomplishment if like an HBO show played our tune in their opening trailer. You know what I mean? The intro, something like that, like Michael Kiwanaka had on that. Uh, I don't know how to say his last name properly, but he had that that song on the intro of Big Little Lies. You ever watch that show? Oh, yeah, before? of course. And every time that thing came on, it's just like such a vibe just perfectly walked you into the world and the shot to the ocean and cliffs that would be sick to have a tune be on a show like that we're manifesting it right now that yeah. that and sounds now believer, and we've manifested everything up to this day just believing that this band's gonna go where it's gonna need to go and i think that would be a cool place for it to go there's that other hbo show that you know, the first season was really good. And then the last three seasons were a hot mess that not Southern, but it was like, I'm trying to figure out what was the show that had six seasons. Yeah. It had like three seasons. And to be honest with you, that would be like the perfect, perfect show. I'm trying to think it, is true detective oh man that would be sick yeah see i would i would sign off on that fast that'd be cool there's so yeah or just like something that's not out yet i mean that would be how it would work is someone connects to a tune like 
like that song, The Window, off this record, I could say this just because Chad, the producer, had so much to do with it, but like that, the vibe of the intro of that song, I've just always thought would lend itself really well to film. We're going to put it out there. I know it. I can feel it. Well, thanks, man. I'm into it. Max, if you were to get a chest tattoo quote, what would it be? Oh, man, it would be don't do it or or uh, <laughs> I don't know. I just think of I mean, I'm tattooless a because I'm probably a bigger pansy than I want to admit. But <laughs> but B, uh, I just have never been into the same thing long enough to put it on me. And right. I'm grateful that I was somehow escaped without doing it just because I think I would have done something dumb. Um, but, but maybe like, it's okay. Or, uh, <laughs> you're okay. It's all, it's all good, baby. It's <laughs> something, something like that. Like take a deep breath. Don't worry so much. It's enjoy today. Be, be fine. Just be cool. Just be cool. Plug your socials. Where can people find you? Uh, Will Dorado, just Will Dorado everywhere across the board. You'll find us. Thank you, Max, for coming on Wear Many Hats. It was great to have you. Yeah, dude, this was a fun conversation. I appreciate you. Where? So, are you in Philly? I'm yeah. in. I'm in Bedside, Brooklyn, in New York. Oh, cool. You gonna be in New York when we're there in March? Definitely. Count me Rad. in. Yeah. Say what's up if you get to make this show. Would love that. Would love that. And congrats on the new album, Wilderado, out now. In stores Thanks. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> in the stores nowhere, but on uh, in stores on wildorado.co. It's in our store, my man. Yeah, check it out. That store is everywhere <laughs> if you have the internet. <laughs> Till next time, this is Wear Many Hats presented by Jasar, and I'm Rashad. Peace.